the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We're live. We're on air. We're in person. Fresh show, new show, November 23rd, 2022. Been doing this for over 20 plus years. Been putting it up for you to download for 20 plus years. Don't have exact confirmation of this, but I think I was one of the very first podcasts because I was with CNET Radio and CNET Radio was was pretty big into digitizing everything. But we didn't call it podcast then. That's the kicker. So let's talk about what's happening on Wall Street and why. Yesterday we had an up day. It's a holiday shortened week. We're in the holiday season. This is a lot of times where you're not going to believe me when I say this, but the rich people who run Wall Street, and I know you're saying you're going to get canceled for saying this. No, I'm not. Um, <clears throat> a lot of high paying jobs take 10 days off, take you know now through the new year off. Um, they work out of the Hamptons. It's pretty well known that not a lot of Big money is making commitments to headline news and corporate earnings during the holidays. NASDAQ was up 1.3% yesterday. Same with S&P 500. Weird. They were both up 1.36%. Ooh. The Dow was up 1.1%. The 10-year treasury sits at 3.75. I think that's workable. I think that's workable. Um. <clears throat> Keep in mind, earlier in the year, when like Wall Street doesn't like 3.4, 3.2, it's workable. It's workable. But Wall Street seems not to like 4, 4, 1, 4, 2. It seems to be workable where it is now, which implies if the Fed stops raising interest rates after their next meeting, maybe we can settle in and start figuring out what looks good going forward. Thanksgiving air travel, never going to be the same again. Or maybe it will be. You're probably scrambling to fire off emails right now. I hate traveling um, because I'm like, empty emails, empty emails. Maybe you're at home, leisurely tapping in front of your keyboard. Um, typical holiday travel schedules are basically up in all sorts of employees, unchained from the office, making travel plans on their own terms. It makes life easier for airlines and passengers. Airlines say their businesses are easier to run when the chart of travel demand looks like less like the Rockies and more like the planes. Interesting, right? Um, airfares are really expensive this fall. And I was talking to a friend who just two years ago, I think he was doing pretty well financially. And he goes, I haven't ate at a restaurant in a year. I'm like, whoa, my family eats at restaurants too often. Probably six times a month minimum, six to eight times. That's too much. But I've got the discretionary income, but he's like, we don't. There's some anecdotal evidence out there that we should be eyeballing. Peak prices for a domestic Thanksgiving round trip flight will cost more than $450, and prices for Christmas flights are at a five-year high. 
So says Hopper. Hopper, the app that gets you cheap airfare. Here's here would be a fun question. I'm not going to run a Twitter poll. I'm not going to have a bot run a poll for me and say that I hate bots. Elon Musk, we're looking at you. Um, but a poll would be: Have you ever bought an airline ticket or a concert ticket and go, "Oh, I should have taken a little bit more time to read the details." I won't buy secondhand tickets from anyone other than StubHub or Ticketmaster. Just won't do it. I've seen too many people show up at concerts and I've heard too many people show up at concerts and you're like, Hey, let's Google San Francisco giants and they're playing today and like get tickets here. And you're like, yeah, and it looks like the giants. It's got the giants colors. Exactly. And then you get the ticket and you go and oh, either someone's already in having used that ticket or it's not even close to being real. That's a good financial lesson, right? Read the details before you hit enter. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form, President Joe Biden extended the pause for borrowers making student loan payments back from this New Year's Eve to June 30th, 2023. There have been more delays on this deadline, eight so far. It feels like, I don't know, maybe a horror movie where the bad guy just won't die. Biden doesn't want to resume the payments until his plan to forgive up to $20,000 of student debt per borrower conquers the many legal challenges it's facing. Again, I don't think you have to have right answers. I think most Americans look for right answers. I look at things as compromises. Um, I don't think there's one rule of how to raise children. Someone gave me a book many years ago of how to raise boys. And I'm like, first and foremost, don't buy me books. There's two things I never want you to buy me, books or clothes. I like to pick my own clothes. I like to pick my own books. And now you know. Um, I don't think there's any rules. I, I don't think there's any right. I just think there's compromises. So go with that. Um, I paid for my own college through scholarships, through grants, and through debt. I don't like the idea that um, the guy next to me in the cubicle got a degree in psychology and here he is working at DMV and his debt gets forgiven because he got a psych, not psychology is an example. Let's say poetry. He got a degree that wasn't really functional and he spent a lot of money on it before we go into these relationships. Like I'm talking about buying tickets that are expensive. Read the details before you go to college, before you send your kid to college. Hey, what do you think about majoring in? Have a sit down with your kid. This is going to be a fun one. Democrats were cleared to get Trump's tax returns in what appears to be the final chapter of a years-long legal battle. The Supreme Court refused former president's request to block a House committee from accessing his tax returns. The Democrats who run the committee have said they need to look at the documents to gauge whether the IRS is auditing presidential returns properly. Trump, who recently announced another bid for the White House in 2024, was the first president in four decades who refused to release his taxes. Hey, I don't want to release my taxes either, and I get it, but I'm also not the president of the United States. Where, you know, foreign dignitaries are booking stays at my hotels. I I don't know if there's a right answer there, right? But it's interesting. We're starting to see what he was doing at the his Trump business that caught the attention of the New York Attorney Generals. And to sum it up slightly, Christmas bonuses were huge, and they were a way of of 
basically offshore uh, offsetting revenue gains. Um, there's nothing illegal in that. But when you pay for your kids, uh, your son, your comptroller's kids college, and you say, we're going to reduce your pay, then the state doesn't get their income and the federal government doesn't get their income from that pay. And that's where there's fraud. And that's what it's looking like. If I did that, like the people, I don't know, there's a celebrity couple that just got caught of tax evasion. It's not that much difference. It's it's pretty much the same. And what's interesting is he got 12 years in prison and she got seven. One minute. Just throwing it out there for you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. FTX lawyers unloaded on SBF. Referring to CEO Sam Bankman fried using FTX as his personal fiefdom. Um, this story is already getting close to being signed by Apple to be made into a TV movie or a, a professional. I don't know what you want to call it. But man, Elizabeth Holmes gets 12 years or 11 years. If somehow, some way, some shape, some form, Sam Bankman fried doesn't get time. What's that say about how we treat women in the justice system versus how we treat men? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investor more. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the years I've been able to stay in the industry that I feel is very cathartic for me. Studying and research and sharing ideas and investments to get you to retirement. I get some really, really wonderful emails from you, and it's not lost on me that you're thankful. Um, so I'm very appreciative. I'm not going to go into this. Um, it's Thanksgiving. Let's talk about it this way. Um, that's just not me. I got an email. Um, Tony, he goes, I always wanted to thank you for alerting me to look into Hershey. I bought it in the 40s. Thanks. And what's interesting about that is he's given me credit. I don't own any Hershey. At the time, I was like, I can talk about owning stocks like Hershey. Like, it's been around since you were a little kid. How many candy bar companies do you know out there? So he bought it in the 40s. It's now $232. Short-term, mid-term, long-term, it looks great. Um, Short-term looks sideways. It looks a little bit expensive. Um, but they make candy bars, they make chocolate. And last night, me and my family were at a restaurant and kids ordered s'mores and I won't get into the dark side of the story. There's a dark side. My wife tried to tell my kid how to make a s'more. I'm like, let him make it any way he wants. He knows how to make it. And she was insistent that he was doing it wrong. I'm like, there is no wrong. Do you see where I am at in life? There's no right. There is no wrong. There's just compromise. But Hershey yields a 1.79% dividend yield. Um, and I think that's great. You know, some of the money you make on Wall Street is stupid. And it just sits there. So I recommended this stock to him back in 2004 at $40 a share. Now it's at 232 Not too shabby. Plus, it paid a dividend all along. It's sitting at all-time high in a market that's not. How did it do versus tech stocks in the last couple of years? Probably not well. How did it do since the pandemic hit? Pretty damn good. 
because as, as I was having my s'mores with my family last night, and I don't have any, but I did sneak a bite of the Hershey chocolate. The, the waiter brings over the chocolate bar, the gram with the uh, marshmallows, the fire. And um, kid got scolded by his mother for making it wrong. So he goes into a little bit of a minor depression. And there's a big old candy bar sitting there. I'm like, I'll take a piece of that. And it reminded me of my childhood. And my kids will have that same memory. You can invest that way. I don't necessarily recommend it that you go with the companies that were around when you were a kid. I think it's a good start. I don't think it's the, it's a no brainer. So Greg sent me an email recently said, thanks so much. Um, I sent his daughter a list of top 10 things to do in your twenties, top 10 things to do in your thirties and top 20 financial lessons that you need to know. If anyone wants those, drop me an email. They're not formatted terribly beautiful. Some of them is on my old new focus financial stationery. EP is going to redo it for me, but it's taking time. So Greg sent me an email and he said, you know, my daughter is 28. Can you help her? She's having trouble picking between Fidelity and Vanguard. And I'm like, great. And um, her situation was that she has $200,000 in cash, which is a lot of cash, a lot of cash for a young couple. She's about to get engaged. She's engaged. She's about to get married. And my instant advice there was like, okay, $200,000 cash, that should be in a count yielding at least 3.5, 3.75% right now. If it's not, fix it. Uh, she's got $124,000 in a 401k, which at age of 28 puts her ahead of 95% of people her age. She's doing great. The advice I threw at her on the marriage, and she didn't ask me for advice on any of this stuff, but she gave me like her financial rundown. So I was like, okay, first five years of marriage, don't commingle your funds. Keep yours, yours, his, his. Learn to see if you can work together. Consider a prenup. Consider a postnup. If that offends you or makes your blood boil, don't get married. You're too immature. Marriage isn't an institution where you're going to hurt someone. Although I have seen someone get married and he had a job and he lost his job and he never got a job again. Ten years later, he's sponging off of her. That's the way the family looks at it. Is that the way it really is? Well, she must love him. And I told her, don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of expensive weddings either. So, you know, remember the day forever. Don't pay for it forever. But Greg sent me a thank you because I also gave her the top 20 things to do in top 10 things to do in your 20s, top 10 things to do in your 30s um, and 20 financial lessons. Like the one financial lesson is set a priority. Do you want a house? Do you want kids college? Do you want retirement? Then you just go to basics of budgets, of savings, of investing. That's four lessons right there. Then 401k, 403b, 457 or an IRA, great way to go. But if you're at a workplace that offers those, take them. Free cash is a, a take. Buying a home, controlling debt. This is all simple stuff. So Greg sent me an email. He goes, um, wow, you really sent a lot of stuff. And thank you. It's going to be huge for her. And he goes, as I mentioned before, you have been instrumental in helping me accumulate $2.7 million, And you have also indirectly gotten my two daughters on the right track financially. And he goes, okay, me and my wife did some of that too, which is good. I want you to take credit for it. Um I don't need the applause. I think you do. And I think raising kids financially savvy is a smart thing. It's not a bad thing. So 
that's my plea to you is over the holidays, if anyone needs a copy of top 10 things doing your 20s, top 10 things doing your 30s, or the 20 financial lessons, drop me in Rob at robblackshoe.com. It's Rob at robblackshoe.com. And don't be shy with that. Um, I don't bite. Trust me, I'm crypto. <laughs> that could be my new bumper sticker. Or it could have been FTXs. Their list of creditors is a seemingly bottomless pit growing from over 100,000 to more than a million now. It's going to take months or even years to sort through the wreckage and win back the, some of the billions of dollars that have gone missing. But there's one debt that's already gone, long gone, and it's trust. The cryptocurrency industry has to have, like, what's going on here? How do we market to kids? How do we market to Rob? How do we market to Rob's I can say my dad, but that's he's dead. That's probably easy. Just have a seance, right? Um, trying to look for some headlines. Bob Iger and ESPN. Bob Iger has been brought back to ESPN to uh, Disney. And Disney owns ESPN, and ESPN is considered kind of like an albatross for Disney. It makes money, but it costs enormous amounts of money. And when Bob Iger bought Fox a couple of years, they used an enormous amount of money. If ESPN were to be spun off, it would free some of their debt. I love this business because I can talk about ifs and what if if Disney spins off ESPN, but what if they don't? So be careful of the speculation. Catch yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Again, I've got a list of things to do in your 20s, things to do in your 30s, and basically 20 financial lessons that it can be taught in one week easily in college easily in high school and we could have more informed financially educated individuals citizens i'm rob black for more information about ep wealth visit robblack.com that's robblack.com i talk about this often on the show patrick o'hare's writings it's something that i really really enjoy um last week he put in his week in perspective and um uh, big picture he does the big picture and it helps to uh, like start your day with a little bit of discipline and reading the financial insights the opening news the squawk box if you will um of what's going to happen and why let's join patrick o'hare from briefing.com now and let's see if this rally that we're having this week is it a holiday shortened feel good professionals are gone or is it a real thing are we getting back into growth versus value Happy Thanksgiving to you and your your listeners. Um, great to be back with you. I would say, uh, in answer to your question, that uh, it, it's probably more of a holiday type of uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, market this time of year does typically have a a, a a positive bias, but I think we'll really get our answer uh, in terms of where the market's mind is at when we get close to that 200-day moving average for the S and P 500, which is. Uh, I'm not a technical analyst, but the you know the charts have clearly shown that uh, that area has put up some pretty good resistance uh, this year. Uh, that's where the June rally failed, and we're uh, kind of coming up close to it again here. Uh, just kind of right at around 40, 60 or so, and uh, you know we're not too far away from it. But that's where you know where I think the real challenge will come in. 
I love your headlines today from page one. High profile companies, Deere, Nordstrom, HP Autodesk reported earnings. Then you talk about the Reserve Bank of New Zealand raising its policy rate by 75 basis points. That's the largest one they've ever done. Very similar to the United States. And so what's going on here is also going on in New Zealand. Then you talk about China being uh, trying to control the COVID spread. And we're like, ah, it's never going to go away. You brought that back one back up. And there's a, a protest going on at Foxconn. Um, pulling together all this information and putting together a bullet shot of the market, do you find it entertaining or is it a job for you? Because I, I find it entertaining for me, like reading through your stuff sure. and other people's. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I can tell you, I've done it for tw- a little over 25 years now, and yep. uh, it, it is it is a job, but because I find it so entertaining, I love my job. And, uh, and so... Uh, I think I'm, you know, maybe in that minority that can say that, you know, I actually look forward to getting up at, you know, four or five a.m. each day because I'm interested to see what happened overnight uh, and to uh, to write about, you know, what's going on in the in the capital markets, but specifically the stock market. But uh, obviously, the interconnectedness of these markets all plays into, you know, how the stock market's going to react. Uh, and I think just in terms of today's page one column. You can see how it all blends in when you've got earnings, you've got central bank decisions, you've got uh, political decisions, you have just the COVID issue, right? And so uh, it's always, always interesting to me how, uh, how the market digests uh, the interplay of that news and how stock prices react to it. For our listeners, do you think, and Emma, this is total theory, you don't have to answer and you don't have to be specific. I feel like the market's priced in a short and shallow recession for 2023. It could go down another 10, 15, 20% if it's a long and deep recession. Um, what do you think the market's priced in? How far do you think we're into the Fed rate hike cycle? How, like, do you see where I'm going at with this? Is like, um, do you feel like 2022 has been a year of uh, gains or, or productivity, um, getting things accomplished to get through this, or it's still kind of spiraling? Well, I think this year has kind of been a little bit of a, uh, well, it's been a, a more, not just a little, it's been a big eye-opening experience for a lot of uh, new investors to the market. It's been eye-opening for a lot of uh, seasoned uh, market participants who, who you know, have really, uh, I, I can tell you, you know, I've cut my teeth <laughs> over the last 25 years on predominantly very friendly monetary policy. And uh, and it's been I think one of the things we've, we've kind of struggled with this year is is this idea that you know the Fed's always going to ride to the rescue when the stock market has a big downturn, and uh, this particular Fed is is pretty much you know pulling the rug out from under that that idea, and is telling you look you know our concern is inflation and uh, and it's not the stock market. Uh, you know, I mean, the Fed would react if there was if it perceived some type of systemic issue that would destabilize the financial system. But um, but it's you know, it's not seeing that. So its intention is to continue to fight inflation with with rate hikes. And so the market has struggled to kind of get its mind around a little bit of a, a new reality. Right. We're transitioning to, you know, uh, I mean, back to normalcy in a way, right? Where you know the Fed is not uh, necessarily the um, the safety valve that you know we've all kind of known it to be, certainly over the last 15 years or so. And so you've got interest rates that have adjusted for that, and people have to get their minds around that. And uh, and you you know you get these bear market rallies, you know, predicated on the notion that the Fed's 
going to pivot soon, right? Going to cut rates soon. Um, and, you know, that's going to be the challenge, I think, as we move into 2023. Uh, the Fed still is uh, pretty adamant that, you know, it's got more work to do. And uh, to your question, I think we're closer to the we are closer to the end. We're further along in that process, certainly. You know, if we're at, uh, you know, say three, seven, five to four now, uh, and we get to maybe five, right? So we're we're a good chunk of the way there. Um, but the idea that the market's going to grapple with next year is just, you know, how long will the Fed stay at that terminal rate? And by all accounts, right now, the Fed seems pretty intent on sticking there for a while, just to, you know, to make sure that uh, it's got inflation back in the bottle and. and uh, and that'll be something that uh, you know the market's going to have to continue to contend with in the coming months. And so, um, I'm sorry, it's a long-winded way of saying I think also, you know, and answer your question. I think the market, you know, likes to think that it'll be a short and shallow recession if we even get one. Uh, but um, you know, we've got a lot of you know writing on the wall to suggest that it's going to be a very challenging economic environment in 2023, which in turn means it'll be a challenging earnings environment. And so could be pretty difficult to see some uh, more extreme multiple expansion from here. This is going to make you giggle. Speaking of recessions, I've been seeing a little bit too much of Jeff Bezos out there, and I'm getting a little nervous because he's not my indicator in any way, shape, or form. I'm more of a numbers guy, but he's out there saying it's going to be a tough, tough, tough recession, Um, and people might be wise to start stop spending. And whoa, Um, do you make anything of the kind of like the celebrity uh, market callers? Well, you know, I think it is their celebrity that kind of like, you know, makes people obviously pay more attention to what they say. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mr. Bezos is a, a great businessman, right? Um, right? And I think we're all kind of in the same boat of trying to make some educated guesses as to what, what will happen. I think really in the spirit of what he was saying, though, it's, it's kind of more just – you know, be mindful of, you know, you're going to have a, there could be a more challenging economic environment and, and, you know, uh, more people than not in this country are pretty addicted to spending. Um, you know, you can see that in surveys that suggest 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Now, not everyone is just, that's not always the case just because you're out, you know, going on vacations and stuff. People really do struggle with dealing with food and energy costs and things like that, 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 you know, force them to live paycheck to paycheck. But, but the point I think he was really trying to make is that when you have interest rates rising at the rate that they are, uh, you, you know, and knowing as a businessman that you're probably going to see more uh, layoffs in coming months, um, you know, I think he's just pretty much advertising a, a sense of prudent uh, behavior when it comes to making spending decisions. You know, spend more to need and not necessarily want uh, because uh, the environment, in the, you know, next year is, is, is likely to be more challenging. With that said, we have about two minutes left. I always like to give you the last word. Any last thoughts for us, Mr. O'Hare? Well, uh, I mean, we've had a market that uh, has, has acted fairly well here since that um, you know C- October CPI report. Um, you can sense, I think, anyway, the market really wants to believe that we're kind of turning the corner a little bit in terms of that inflation fight. 
which is why you've seen this nice rally off off the lows. But you know, uh, the point I've been stressing in you know recent weeks with you, Rob, really even almost throughout the years, is that we have to keep our eye on uh, earnings estimates for 2023. Likely still too high. Uh, Going to see those estimates continue to come down, and so you have a market that might see a higher floor here, but it might be difficult and could be quite some time before we get back to that all-time high that uh, was registered earlier this year. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Have a good holiday with your family. We always appreciate your help, and we're very thankful for your insights. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of both international and domestic news you can use. I use it to start my day, but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes at the end of my day, I've, I haven't paid attention to details in the market. I'll look at the last, you know, three or four hours of what's called in play, which is a, a service that is at briefing.com and in play. For instance, I punched it up just now, taking a look at it. Um, it's going to give you the insights on things like summary of the weekly petroleum data. Consumer sentiment drops in November. Key takeaway from the report is that weakening sentiment has been influenced by the ongoing impact of inflation, higher borrowing costs, declining asset values, and expectations for a weaker market, uh, labor market. So there is so much that you can take away from briefing.com. I highly endorse. It's got a price tag to it, but anything that's worth it, in my opinion, is not free. Eh, maybe this show. <laughs> but other than that, not much. New home sales surprise to the upside in October. There's a lot going on. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find briefing at briefing.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. This has been an entertaining show today. I really like Patrick O'Hare and... I think some of the things that I'll miss when I retire or move on or decide to stop narrow casting, as I like to refer to it, talking money. It's a very narrow topic. Talking retirement, talking financials, very narrow. But he's a good guy. Um, and I think he does a wonderful job of putting it in very human terms. Um. I, Happy Thanksgiving to you, and hopefully you have some family that you love and can spend some time with and just some downtime. <clears throat> I'm with my family now, and I kind of started my downtime, and it'll start officially in just a couple of minutes. Um, it's just as important. I'm not going to you know, tell you, like, I'm not going to give you advice, like, you know, smell the roses, but it's not all about money. Financial freedom in retirement for me is about the cash flow. So that I can do things that I love with the people that I love. To me, financial freedom is not about a Bugatti or a Lamborghini. I've got a friend. I, I, I've got a. Uh, I got to come up with a better term. A parent. I know a parent of one of my kids' friends, and he's just a mess mentally, just a mess. And I didn't like him when I met him. Like we had dinner at one point, and. The reason I didn't like him was because he ordered really expensive wine for the table. And to me, that's lovely. Trust me, it is lovely. But it was a little too early in the relationship. And his kids were a little pudgy. And I only bring that up because I think they're buying some of the love for the kids. They're like, oh, here, take this candy bar. And his wife was the most sweetest, lovely woman I've ever met. Um 
and I told my spouse on the way home, I'm like, they're going to get a divorce soon. And she goes, how do you know that? And I'm like, he's a showman. He, he likes conversation being around him. He doesn't really ask about you. And those bottle of wines, guess what he bought three months later? A yellow Bugatti. I didn't even know what a Bugatti really was. So I, I, he's like, you want to ride it? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. I said, my son would love one. So I took my son off on 280 and zoomed up and down at super fast speeds. Probably not the best parenting move I ever made. But my kid got a ride in a luxury sports car. For me, financial freedom in retirement is all about cash flow to do the things that I love. I do a show that's dedicated to accumulating wealth. CFP Jad Burton does a show dedicated to managing wealth. I get you up to age 50, 55. And if you listen to me, you're going to probably do okay. He does a great job of making that money last from 60 to 100. He manages taxes. He manages insurance. He manages cash flow, real estate analysis. His business is much smarter than mine. Mine's simple. I told my uh, radio cohort today, he's going to be retiring from the radio business in a few short weeks. I said, I could teach this all in a 10-minute class or a 10-week, 10-hour class. The, The accumulation part. I think we make it way too tough on ourselves. And I think we stop along the way and we go, oh, I deserve a Bugatti. And like, if you didn't get that Bugatti, $200,000 car, what could have you done with that? Um, so when he got the yellow Bugatti, I was like, yeah, the marriage is definitely over. And a couple weeks later, we're on a trip down to Monterey and uh, just taking the kids to the beach for a sand building castle thing. And he's like, yeah, we're me and my wife are getting divorced. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and I only knew it because she was so sweet and didn't need material things. And he was so broken. He needed material things. He needed to be noticed. He needed to be loved. He needed to be appreciated. I think a lot of men have that. Um, and I think that's why, well, I'm not going to be junior psychologist. I'll drop it right there. Um, if you have any questions over the holidays, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I've got some really simple emails that explain accumulating wealth in your 20s, 30s. Drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Say, hey, can I get those lists on the 20s and 30s? Um, you know, the headline that I love the most today, Elon Musk's fortune is melting away. Um, he has really proven 2023. 2022 to, yeah, you're genius at cars, but Tesla's down a lot, a lot. Um, Elon Musk's wealth is shrank by over 37% this year, um, over $100 billion. What he's doing at Twitter, it's not funny when you make a joke about people and you're being mean and you're trolling them and you're CEO of that company. Um, I just don't get him. I feel like he's very immature and maybe I would be too with that kind of money. Anyhow, what else are we looking at? Today? Oh, let's take a quick look at housing. This housing number came out today and I thought it was interesting enough to, to write down some notes. New home sales increased seven and a half percent month over month in October. That's 632,000 units per year. On a year-over-year basis, new home sales were down 5.8%. This reflects how the spike in mortgage rates created affordability pressures for lower-income buyers and how the jump in building costs has crimped the supply of lower-priced homes. 
So the lower cost buyers, there's not homes for them to buy on top of uh, their lower income. And inflation hurts lower incomes more than it hurts higher incomes. Um, you know, I, I went to dinner, a very nice dinner, family of four, $250 last night. Uh, with tip, I tip 20 plus percent. Uh, anyone who's worked through the pandemic um, has my respect. One minute. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, that was a $200 dinner. Now it's a $250 dinner. And now you're saying, do your kids eat like adult meals? Yes, they do. And I'll tell you what, fresh salmon is not cheap. So the median sales price increased 15.4% year over year on new homes to 493000 now, again, there's two types of homes, new homes and existing homes. In the Northeast, um, sales were up 45%. In the Midwest, down 34%. In the West, down about 1%. At the current sales pace, the supply of new homes for sale stands at 8.9 months. That's a long time. The longer a house sits on the market for sale, the more likely the price is going to come down. Ten. It's a buyer's market. You believe me? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.